and welcome to Tex Talks Extra. I am Tex, and today I'm very excited to bring you a brand new series, a partnership with Bay Electronica, with Love the Agency, and the Music in Africa Foundation, who launched an incredible program last month called Raise the Bar. Developed as part of the Music in Africa Live program, which is supported by the German Federal Foreign Office, Siemens Stiftung, and the Goethe Institute, the Raise the Bar program seeks to bolster the presence of women in other aspects of the music industry, as well as equip them with the skill set necessary for survival in an otherwise impenetrable industry. Today, I am talking to photographer and creative entrepreneur Andy Mkosi. Andy, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm well. Thanks for having me, Tex. It is only a pleasure and it is about time. Now, <laughs> your career path, Andy, has been punctuated by these incredible growth spurts in multiple directions, which we'll get to later. But your path is not a linear one, right? But I want to know, growing up, what did little Andy think that the rest of her work life would look like? Did it resemble anything like your current trajectory? Uh, I think maybe like 1% of it, because the one thing that I always like imagined for myself was one day seeing my name on some film credit or something, because when I'd watch TV with my cousins, I'd always imagine who are these people and why them, you know? (laughs) So I get in that sense when I left uh, high school to um, apply for a film course, that's when the journey started. And so like it built up to this thing. Probably that thought was a seed that I planted at the time, and it's what it is now in terms of fruition. Mm. And how do you remember those early days of starting to dabble in photography when it started to spark your interest? So my first interactions with photographs was at home when, like, um, there would be, like, a street photographer that walks around, goes into different families, especially families with newborns, make images, family portraits and that, and albums at home were always around, pictures. But I never really interacted with the actual camera up until I got to first year. And how I ended up in that class is that I applied for film, but I ended Mm -hmm. up in a photography class and I didn't fight that. So that's when I started realizing, oh, damn, I'm going to have to use a camera. So I have to engage this tool, you know, like and try to understand what this is. At first it was really scary because I walked into a classroom where predominantly the people there had interacted with the medium, knew how to work a camera. But I guess like those were, you know, like tender times that like allowed me to explore. (laughs) And I remember we got like a brief in first year where they spoke about something about land, like interpret land, or I can't remember the exact context. I couldn't fathom what that theme was or what they meant. But now if they could give me that now, I think I'd be able to, you know, like uh, execute that. So I think uh, photography has made me realize and see that like there's a way to speak through photographs and also there's like um, a lot of things to archive using this one one tool, which is the camera. How would you redeem yourself with that first year project? What would you do now? How would you interpret land? (laughs) I think I'm already (laughs) doing it through, through this project that I... I've always, I've been doing it unconsciously up until I realized in 2016 that it's actually something. So I'm do, I, I have this project titled Langa, My Love. Langa mm. is uh, where I grew up and where I really got to interact with art 
like everything that I do right now, I got to really touch those things when I was in Langa and be able to have a voice within those things. So how I would redeem myself now is I think I'm doing it with Langa, my love, where I'm, I'm documenting Langa as a space uh, because it's rich in um, culture, history. So I, I think Tex, I'm, I'm, I'm answering that lecturer's theme right now through that project. You basically just send the lecturer a link to your social media and be like, look, my, my entire career, my entire career is basically, basically set on that. But how do you, in the initial stages of engaging with the camera, right? You're, you're mm-hmm. not doing this course. It's quite daunting to you. You know, you're trying to wrap your mind around it. How do you become the master of your craft like you are now i know we're all learning you know every mm. day we learn something new but uh, but you are incredibly gifted and good at what you do mm. but how do you work work at that how do you go from mm. that photography course to where you are now yeah so with that photography text thank you first like, like for even recognizing you know like being seen is being seen is important uh so I dropped out after that first year, to be honest with you, because I was just like, this is too much for me. I can't fathom this for myself. So what I told myself was like, okay, cool. I'm not going to do it this way, but I will do short courses. And what like really drove me was like, I was really like obsessed with this thing. Now I really needed to figure figure it out, especially given the fact that I dropped out. I had to prove to my family that, okay, this is still a thing, you know? So I drop out and I do all of these uh, short courses and I attend a lot of like ciphers. At that time, I'm getting in, in, in tune with what hip hop is, the community of hip hop. I'm learning that I can write as well, you know. So every time I go to a sci-fi, I take my camera with, I document my friends. And so I guess through that, I develop my own style, develop my own voice within photography. And here I am now. Everyone knows about these black and white images that I make. Everyone hires me. So not everyone, people hire me. You know, people, like, like the right people know about what I'm doing. And I'm really at a place where I'm like, Oh damn, I can't believe I did this, you know, like and yeah, it's it's crazy, Tex. It's really crazy. And at that time, was it becoming more and more clear to you that this is what you want to do for a living? This is something that you want to pursue? Definitely. But I also knew with that though, it's um I knew that I don't want to do it through an office, a nine to five. I tried that in 2016 where I was working with the corporate and I was just chasing these celebrity presenters around, documenting them. And then I was like, I don't think this is exactly how I want to do it, but I want to build my own archive around the people and the things that I am directly passionate about. So I knew that like, I'm going to have to get into the, the, the whole vibe of freelancing and like forming my own business structures. So I guess it's been like a snowball from there, like and getting clarity about what it is really that this thing is, is it a business? And it's really only now that I'm able to call myself and be comfortable with the term creative entrepreneur, because I feel like I've built enough systems to hold um, that, that title for myself. Mm. I remember in 2019 when Neo Nsoma, who's an award-winning photographer, took you mm-hmm. and Ross Janssen under her wing mm. in your bid to question pervasive stereotypes about township youth, black fathers, and women's abilities, right? Mm-hmm. And that resu- resulted in this nationwide exhibition of your work. I remember that so clearly. But I want to know, how do you remember that time working 
and learning alongside Neo because that must have been an incredible experience. Yeah, it was. And you know what's funny? I didn't even know who Neo was before that. So like to walk into that space, and it, it happened in Woodstock. And like to to know the background of who this person is, who the person is that's about to lead us and engage us in this thing was like, you know, like just mind blowing for me because here was this person who knew how to make like photo stories, something that I've been like dabbling with for a while because I felt like as much as I get the essence of it, there's still a few things that I could uh, do with in terms of learning and how to approach uh, storytelling using photographs. So that time was really great. And it also proved to me that I have the ability, you know, to make stories within a short um, space of time. You know, sometimes as creatives, we hold on to the pain for too long. So I guess with Neo's um, direction um, and, 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 and assistance, she guided us and showed us that it's possible to make these things in a short space of time. All you need like is a contact within a community, a story, a direction. And I remember like Neo would go to us to these um, different um, locations where we had to meet with the entrepreneurs that we were documenting and they were really involved. And for me, really the one thing that I took from that was um, how powerful storytelling is through visuals. After that, I decided I want to go back to school and do a photojournalism and documentary course. And that's when I moved to Johannesburg with the assistance of Uneo, who linked me up with Kona at the at the Market Photo Workshop. And I'm still in contact with Neo. It's someone that I really admire, a beautiful spirit. So that was really like a lovely, lovely, lovely um, turning point in my career. And how was that shift moving to Johannesburg? Because, you know, let's be honest, Johannesburg is the hub of all things arts and culture, I feel like, in South Africa. And mm-hmm. it's where things get done, right? It's mm-hmm. it's it's where deals are made. It's where people mm-hmm. grow. It's where careers thrive. How's your experience of Johannesburg been? Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly, it's really where things get done. Like, I don't think if... If, if I had not moved to Joburg, I don't think there would be a this audio is visual because in, in Cape Town, I was thinking about the podcast, but I wasn't doing it. But when I got to Joburg, it's sort of like just I think there's a there's a, a there's something magical about seeing your own people do things. You see your mm-hmm. own people um, driving in a big car. You see your own people, you know, doing stuff. And that sort of made me realize, oh, fuck, this is possible, you know. So it, more than anything else, I always say that Joburg really helped with my confidence like in terms of my career confidence within myself and it's just like outside of even like the, my, my career path like my relationship with my mom has improved with my brother so I guess what they say about distance it's true it makes the heart fonder like it's really made me realize a lot of things about myself man and it's just like but it's so busy at the same time. It makes me go crazy. So I pre- even appreciate like um, having the access between Cape Town and Johannesburg. But also, I don't think there would be an Andy Corsi if it wasn't for Cape Town. Because I really think Cape Town helped me build a foundation. The community here helped me test out my ideas as crazy as they were with no budget. People were willing. So I guess the two cities work hand in hand. And luckily for for me, I got the foundation in Cape Town. I think the best place where I had access to Bush Radio and all of these people, you know, Jackie Queens was still living here at the time. They would commission me too, you know, like they, they trusted in the idea, regardless of how far I was within my career. So yeah, just having those two cities at like as, as, as choices to move around between is, is really lovely. 
You're you're right. It's important to pay respects to both cities, you know, where you're from, where you are now, and all of the experiences that have shaped the creative entrepreneur that you've become. But you mentioned your podcast, This Audio is Visual, which you started back in 2019. Before the global explosion of podcasts, I feel like you started it at a really great time. And this podcast engages fellow photographers in conversation about their work. What's your experience of being involved in the conceptualization and then execution of a podcast been like? Because it's not easy. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really not easy. Um, takes, um, I guess also for me, I had already been in a space where, like like I say, Bush Radio like gave me access to their space. I had already like interviewed people. I know like the theming and like what it entails to make a radio show. So for me, that was that was uh, an advantage, I guess. So I took that and I had to ask myself, okay, if you're going to go to Joburg, you, it doesn't mean you're going to be on Metro FM. So you have to like innovate. What are you going to do? And if you're going to podcast, you have to niche. So I mm. was like, okay, cool. What's around me? I was like, okay, market photo workshop. So many photographers here. And at that time, I wanted to know more about like the financial side and business side of photography. So I was like, okay, cool. Who is doing what I think I want to do? There's like people like Justice Mukhele and you have all of these people that you have access to. So that's sort of how um, I approach a lot of my things. So with the podcast, um, in terms of like the individuals that we uh, interact with in interviews, the interviews are themed um, in accordance with what that person specializes in. So for instance, when we spoke to Andy Lebuka, what I really wanted to um, get a grasp of was like, how does Andile, um, you know, like put together a quote or like, you know, when someone approaches them, what's, what's the, what's, what's, what's their approach to, you know, like charging, you know? So I guess for me, really, if anything else, radio really placed me at an advantage in terms of how to approach the content, um, and, and I already knew in Joburg, Tidisa would always be keen to do stuff with me. So that helped with the visual side of the podcast. And, you know, I'm not even sure if I'm answering your question, Tex, but yeah, that's <laughs> that's sort of been my approach and beat to podcasting. Has there been an interview that you've done that's stood out in your mind for whatever reason? Mm. Whew. So many of them. I'm like, uh, I think... Last year, when we spoke to Zulumeka, that was special for me because I resonate a lot with the type of music that they make. So it was really nice hearing from someone else who's doing, uh, uh, you know, a similar genre of hip hop and to hear how their journey is going and just like insights in the uh, uh, spiritual journey and how that connects with the music. That that for me is a highlight that I can think of. Mm. You know, in the... In the process of growing your career, you have also worked with a bunch of big names and brands. Mm. I mean, like Puma and Stan Bank and Nomzamo Mabata. How do you make those connections? I know a lot of people listening to this podcast would love to know that. Like, do you go searching for collabs or do they find you because your caliber of work speaks for itself? So I guess it's a bit of both um, texts. I don't think one should like just rely on talent or oh, people know I'm good. The jobs will come to me. I mean, it happens. And I want to I want to say this. I've never told anyone this. Like there's this article that I was interviewed, um, a publication that I was interviewed by between 10 and 5. I can't remember that w w when that was, but it was a profile with um, other photographers. 
And I guess like people, when they look for black photographers or female photographers in South Africa, that's the article that comes up. And I get like random people always like reaching out, like for instance, Standard Bank, they sent me um, an email last year. They were like, they're doing a woman's campaign and they'd love for me to do a photo essay for them. I was like, where'd you guys um, find the content? They like they saw it on um, between ten and five, and then they did like the whole research around the name. And there was a particular image that they liked that they wanted to repurpose and use for the campaign. So I guess like also, I, it, it's important for one to know who they are within their work because there's a lot of us doing like the same thing, right? But I think what makes you stand out is a, is, a, is understanding your own voice and what you want to say. And for me, that's helped me out a lot. Because there were a lot of moments where I felt like, oh, damn, these black and white images, like this documentary photography, you know, like it's Cape Town, people do commercial, you know. But I stayed steadfast with what I believed in. And it's like, you know, gotten me to uh, interact with Neo and Zuma, um, Nomza Mumbata, Puma, Standard Bank, all of these people, you know, like. And yeah, man, I guess um, it's people finding that article and also it's me just approaching a lot of the times. I always DM people. If I'm thinking of something, I'll DM text. Can we do this? Are you up for it? You know, I'm always like someone who's like identifying people that I can be in collaboration with because of their strength and understanding how that can, you know, impact for both parties. So, yeah, I'm really just someone who loves working with people and collaborating. And it's something that I've done like from the start. But that takes a very keen eye, right? Like you've got to be on the socials. You've got to know what's popping. Mm -hmm. You've got to know who's bubbling under because you can't just wake up one day with an idea and be like, okay, now I've got to put it together. You know, you have an idea or an idea pops into your head and you already know who to contact. You know what I mean? Your mind's like, like a file of facts full of, you know, Laura would be cool to get on that or, you know, Jackie would be cool to get involved with that. So... I can imagine you've got to stay on the pulse of what's what. Yeah, no, no, certainly. And I feel like I've had to get back to the pulse because the past three years I've just been working on myself. But I also realized that like putting your head down for too long, you lose like the context of what's happening around you. So that's what I'm busy doing right now. It's just like I'm re-engaging with what's around me and what's happening to understand who are the key um, players of the industry right now who's like um, someone that I can potentially speak to about stuff, you know, like I'm, I guess I'm a student of the industry. I'd like to see myself as that because you learn all the time. I go to a place and I see different stuff, see different people who do like excellent stuff. And I, I don't know, man, I just love people who initiate and do their own thing. That, that excites me. So small businesses, I mean, in, in Joburg where I stay, I see a lot of like young people with like actual physical stores. And I'm like, that's, that's crazy. You guys really did that. You're renting a space that you're not living in. You buy, you're selling your stuff from here. That excites me that people are able to just wake up and do stuff for themselves. I can hear it in your voice that you're excited, <laughs> but you know, you know what excites me? Uh, let me tell you the bedroom tour. Oh my <laughs> gosh. That's coming to Cape Town that I can finally, finally attend. How was that process of curating and establishing this project that's just teeming with musical mm-hmm. talent. It's it's like a who's who of the next wave, I think. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> with the bedroom tour again, Tex, I had to, because I was like, oh, um, the music that I'm making, I don't think it fits for the uh, events I was getting booked for at the time. I was getting a lot of club events at night which was was fine at the time, but I was like, Ish, if I'm really going to have 
stamp my name in this music industry, there's, there has to be something that stands out. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, what is that? I was like, okay, cool. I'd love for my family to come and watch me, but I don't want them in a club at 12 at night. So where else can I take it to them in the room? Right. So that's where the idea came from. And that's the first time I started performing with the band because before that it was just me and a backtrack, but I can't take that to a room. It needs to be different. It needs to be an experience. And I enjoy it because even now, like this, the one that's coming up on the 4th of September, there's so many full circles with it. Like for instance, with Laura, I left, when I left Cape Town, Laura was like, beginning their musical career where they were releasing stuff, um, their first tour. And now I come back and we're doing the bedroom tour again. Laura's released something. Laura's touring. So, you know, like for me, everything has to link because now I was with Laura last night documenting that because that ties in, right? We'll use that for something else, you know, like so with the bedroom tour and the community that's around it, it's not people that I I, I, I know overnight. It's people that I've known like for, for years and I've identified and collaborated with them. So it's like every time text an idea or something comes together, it makes sense. And I guess right now with the bedroom tour, everyone you see on that line lineup, there is some sort of like um, relationship between me and them, whether it's friendship, whether it's music, photography, or, or whatever the case may be. So I'm trying to say like with the bedroom tour, I'm trying to initiate this community where there's um, – commercial support where you buy you buy a ticket and if you're in the space and artists are selling stuff you buy that too it's a place where like the music can be respected a place where the the supporters can ask questions a space where i think my family can definitely come and see me because they're all excited i'm here in cape town right and they're all excited (laughs) about it so it's just crazy man like uh, it's so crazy text (laughs) yeah that's the bedroom tour (laughs) You're excited. I'm excited. Your family's excited. How the hell are you going to fit 30 people into a bedroom? <laughs> so we, we, so that's the other thing. Cause now we have to, um, we have to, I had to sit down with this uh, bedroom tour and decide whether are we going to do it in the living room? Or are we going to do it in the actual bedroom? Or are we going to do it in the driveway? So that's uh, the, the one thing that we've had to dabble with, but because it's 30 people, we've decided on to, to beautify the driveway and have people, uh, experience the bedroom tour there. So uh, with it, it doesn't necessarily always mean that it will be in a bedroom, but I guess the es- essence is from what a bedroom gives you as a person. And it, it provides you with like intimacy. That's when you're with your thoughts. That's when you can be yourself. So I guess like more than anything else, it's the essence of what a bedroom provides for one. So we're trying to emulate that in different spaces. Ah, very, very smart. Um, Talk to me about your involvement as co-director with Vocal Revolutionaries, which is an organization Mm. that helps young people to discover themselves and others through the literary and performing arts. Talk to me about that. I was very interested to learn that you were co-director of that. Yeah, so um, Lee Mukube, uh, uh, international slam poet, um, when when they were still staying in, in Cape Town, uh, approached me to come on board to document what they were doing at first. And then upon that, they realized that there was more I could offer as um, someone who was part of um, the, the crew. So then I started teaching artists every Saturday. This was in 20, 2017, 2018. And then when we, uh, we take like a cohort of like young people, maybe between 18 and 25, we introduce them to stuff like photography, podcasting, 
writing, acting, and so forth. And each uh, there, there's someone to hold the fort for each of these um, different avenues that I've just mentioned. And so for me, really, it was like engaging uh, young people about photography what it can do, the power of it and how it can be used. And just like giving them the camera during the week to play around, come back with the images, we sit down with them, we explore. And I guess with that, there's a lot like of, um, there's a lot of good stories that came from that. There's a guy called Sianjika who was directly mentored by Lee, who's now at Harvard. So I think with stuff like uh, the uh, vocal revolutionaries, I always feel like there isn't, there isn't like a, a bridge between people on the ground and establishments. So I mm-hmm. guess with organizations with vocal revolutionaries, it offers that because at some point um, there was uh, Adobe jumped on board and uh, the kids could travel once a year to go attend um, a youth thing in the U.S. And, you know, like that's a whole different world that you wouldn't get to see around your neighborhood and people that you wouldn't be able to engage with. So more than anything else, I guess the essence of um, vocal revolutionaries was introducing young people to a different world. And again, like showing them that it's possible, you know, like through us, through the work that they will do, through the people that they will meet. And, you know, like there's, like, like I say, Usianji, Das, Chaba as well, is at Harvard um, studying that side. So you can see the results of doing work like that. And I did it with Bush Radio as well. So I guess um, community has always been at the center of, of the work that I do. I mean, as if you don't have enough on your plate, you, <laughs> <laughs> you have contributed to several arts publications over the years. But I want to know, and I asked Sheba this question as well, I want to know what your take is on the current state of arts media in South Africa, especially Mm. in the wake of the closure of several media houses. I mean, COVID was, um, COVID was, (laughs) yeah, it was quite (laughs) devastating to to Mm. the journalism industry, but also just this, like uh, your thoughts on the state of it in, in general. Yeah. I think really as much as like COVID was devastating, when it comes to that question, I guess for me, it leveled the playing field and it made me realize that it's, it's, we can now do or speak to people that we couldn't fathom at first. Cause right now we are on this thing, we realize platforms like this. And I guess like there's, there's, so many ways of um, getting within like um, the, 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 the digital industry as, as, as people because the internet has leveled the playing field so much. So mm-hmm. as much as like art media houses are important and like it's sad that people lost their jobs, but I also think like, and I mean like this is not for everyone, but for me personally, it just like reinforced the fact that like times are changing and careers are not are not like that. Uh, what's the word? I don't know how to phrase it, but, but like it, it motivated me to do more for myself because depending on a company or someone else or techs to put me on doesn't work. Whereas like there are ideas that you can try and um, initiate, put together, and put out. So as much as sad as it is, it also like it, it brought some type of light through. And for me, funny enough, uh, as um, COVID or lockdown was easing up, or rather lockdown was easing easing up, I got a um, 
uh, what's this thing, a year contract with a publication. And when I was working there, it was it was as if I was on my own, you know, because everyone wasn't in the office. The only time I was called was was then was was when there was a story for me to go to. So already, like uh, the systems within offices were were changed, and that's when I was like, oh damn, man, like um, it's not the same anymore, you know. And I think one is better off just doing their own thing because even these companies, you can't like be like, okay, I'm gonna go work for this platform. There's no guarantee that, that that art media house will be there in the next three years. So for me, what comforts me and, 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 and you know, like just puts me in a sane place, it's the fact that I have this community and I can be able to initiate these ideas and, you know, people take me seriously. So, yeah, um, it's sad, but also there is some light. I love that take on it because it's not all doom and gloom. There's like a silver lining. And I 100% understand what you're saying about you realizing that careers are not linear. You know what I mean? Mm. And that you can't rely upon people and that we should, shouldn't should put all our eggs in one basket, especially as creatives. I think that that's very important. But if you could give anybody listening to this podcast who perhaps wants to follow in your unconventional footsteps, right? Just one piece of advice. What would that advice be? Mm. Yeah, man, like, I think it's, it's such a crazy, like, world that we're living in. Like, and so there's a lot of noise going on, a lot of competition. Think, like, put your head down, man, and just, like, like focus on what you think is best for you because you can easily be deterred and just, like, you know, take a route that you're not supposed to. Be open to making mistakes. We're all learning, man. Like, there's stuff that I learn on the job. You know, I think um, remain a student and like, just be inquisitive. Be nice to people. That helps. Uh, being nice. People always remember you. Be really nice and listen to Laura's nice EP. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic advice. And on that note, Andy, thank you very much for joining me on Text Talks Extra today. Like I said, it's been long overdue. I cannot wait for the bedroom tour. Hopefully there are more in the future. And I wish you all the best for the rest of 2022. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you for reaching out. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Text Talks. A huge shout out to Tom's, the only music store for always having our backs technically. Remember to follow Text Talks on all socials and subscribe and rate on whatever platforms you stream your podcasts on. Head on over to texttalks.com for all our previous episodes. And remember, that's text with a double X. From me, your host, Tex, producers Jonathan Ings and Matthew Lewitz, and research and associate producer Al Clapper. Catch you on the flip side. <laughs>